welcome to the Hungry Authors Podcast. A hungry author is someone who is, quite simply, hungry for it. They're willing to do what it takes to achieve their writing dreams. If that resonates, you're in the right place. I'm Ariel. And I'm Liz. We're two book coaches, editors, and writers here to help you get there. We interview experts and chat about all things publishing and writing to educate and build a community of successful writers, whatever that means to you. Welcome. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hungry Authors podcast. It's the last episode of this season of this year. It's another solo sode with just me and Ariel. We're going to have a little friendly debate here in a second, but we're going to open up with a question first. Um, As we're wrapping up the year, Ariel, I want to know what you are most proud of this year that you've accomplished. Well, accomplished, you could do personal or professional, whatever. What are you most proud of? Okay. That's a great question. I... And I hope everyone listening thinks about this for themselves too. Like, what are you most proud of this year? Because I think for everyone, it's been a crazy year. Just, you know, surviving the the world is a big thing. <laughs> but yeah. personally, um, I'm really proud of how much I've grown as a writer this year. Mm. I, last year, I did not ghostwrite any books. I didn't, I did not write any books last year. And this year, I wrote six and a half. (laughs) I just went from like zero to 60 really, really fast. Yeah. And it's been crazy. It's been really hard, honestly. I mean, writing, I mean, you know, like you've written way more books than I have. And every book is just a massive effort. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of those books that I wrote were on the shorter side, but still all of the planning that goes into it, all of the, you know, just figuring out the transformation, mapping it out and just getting yourself in that headspace and then doing it again and then doing it again and then doing it again, Mm -hmm. six and a half times, um, was just a lot of energy that I did not know I had, (laughs) um, and, and had to kind of muster up sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. I'm tired. Yeah, Um, I'm tired right now, but I'm really proud of myself for doing it because I know that my writing now is so much better than it was a year ago at this time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's definitely what's coming, coming to the front for me. What about you? The first thing that came to mind for me was our book, not just that we did it and did it really well, but we did it. Um, like the whole process for us just went so quickly. We, um, got a book deal, wrote it, and then went through all the required rounds of editing within a year. I mean, within like, like 10 months, really, you know, um, which is really fast for, um, a traditionally published book to sign, write it, and then have it off to production. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that timeline is usually a lot longer than that. Now, of course, there's all kinds of stuff you and I, we tag teamed it. We know the material well. We know the industry well, blah, blah, blah. But still, like, none of the other traditionally published books I've worked on have ever gone that fast or been that easy or been that smooth. Um, so, wow. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. I mean, it's still sometimes I forget 
like when I think about my workload and I'm thinking about my editorial calendar, like I obviously there's plenty to come. We've got cover stuff, we've got um, endorsements, and there are lots of other things on our list. But I I sometimes kind of forget that like we are done with editorial. yeah, like <laughs> um, kind of crazy, a little scary, honestly. I know. Yeah. I'm like, did I think hard enough about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we did, of course. Um, so that was the first thing that came to mind. Um, yeah. And then I guess in my own business, um, yeah, I think last year, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or if I said it in our own mastermind that we have with some other wonderful editors and writers where we share things like this. One of my big ones from last year was one of the things I was most proud of was um, just the clientele that I chose. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm proud of the books that I wrote and the successes and the money or whatever, whatever. But um, but I also was just really proud. Like all of my clients were wonderful. They've become friends. We've I'm working with some of them again. They've become long term partners, and I'm just really proud of that. And I feel like, um, yeah, that like carried on to this year a little bit. I feel extra proud not just of the projects I've been a part of but the people that I chose to be a real big part of my life when you take on a nine-month ghostwriting project um yeah Yeah. and some of them have become yeah friends and we're doing other things together and um I know there's a lot of you know when you start out freelancing and you're early on sometimes you just gotta take gigs you gotta get money you gotta get experience you'll never hear me put anyone down for that but at a certain point it sort of does become about the quality of the the clients you know even regardless of the projects it's the people that become a part of your lives and the relationships that you build and so I think that's true of everything yeah definitely you know in our writing lives too but you're right that's that is a really good skill to you know and and a really big filter for you know how how wonderful as my life going to be is going to depend a lot on the people that you allow into it. So that's that's awesome that you made good decisions. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So today we are going to be having a quick discussion um, based on a real life conversation that Ariel and I had not too long ago. Um, The quick background is I came with um, a little bit I came to the conversation with kind of a rosy view of, you know what, I've really come around. And I think that anyone who wants to write a book should write a book. Um, And you pushed back on me a little bit about that. And we did the thing that we occasionally do where we go, hang on a second, let's record (laughs) this because this is an interesting conversation. A lot of people um, have differing views on what makes a book, if you should write it, the you know, qualifications, how you should publish it, you know, whatever. So we're going to have that for you guys here now in front of you with no preparation. All right. Do you want to go first or is that unfair? Do you want me to go first? No, I think that's fine. I'll, I'll just say, so the reason why, you know, I, I tend to be a pretty optimistic person and I think when I started my life as an editor, I did feel like everyone can write a book. Everyone should write a book. Um, everyone has a story worth sharing, etc. 
And over the years in publishing, Mm -hmm. I have scaled back on that a little bit and I almost feel guilty admitting it. I know it's the unpopular opinion. (laughs) I'm also not the only person who shares it. Like there's definitely people in traditional publishing or, or any kind of publishing who would say, who take a little bit of a almost elitist perspective in saying, look, not every book is worth publishing. And I do think, so I think that's where we have to start is there's a distinction between should you write a book and should you publish a book? So maybe let's start there. Let's say, should everyone write a book? What do you think? Good question. Um, Well, I guess my short answer is yes. Although my caveat is just anyone who wants to like if you don't like to write and you never want to i'm not saying you need to you know i i think writing of some kind can serve everybody whether it's just journaling or um you know writing for fun like i think writing and there's lots of even scientific studies on the benefits of writing so writing can benefit everybody but i do think yes if you want to write if you have ever had a desire to write whether it is fiction or your own memoir or a prescriptive book about something that you know a lot about and you want to teach others if you have the inclination i believe that is reason enough you don't have to have any special anything if you want to i think that's reason enough and you should and this might be like i'm sure there's some reason for this or even bias but i know that one of the um like deathbed things that people say (laughs) is a lot of people do wish that they had written a book that many times throughout their life they've thought about it you know they've there's some study that people cite all the time i don't know if it's right but the around 80% of Americans would say that like they do write, want to write a book or they have thought about mm-hmm. it. And it is most people when they sit down to do it, they realize what an undertaking it is. And so it often doesn't happen. Um, and so I do actually think that if you have that inclination, you would probably regret not trying. Yeah. Okay. What okay. about you? Yeah. So here's, here's my, my a little bit nuanced take on this. I, I do think that if you want to write a book, mm-hmm. you should do it. Okay. I also think everyone more generally, everyone should write. I really do believe that. I mean, we know there are so many just benefits health-wise to writing. Um, Our friend, Allie Fallon, who was um, our very first guest on this podcast um, in her book, The Power of Writing It Down, she talks about this study by James Pennebaker. And in this study, what he found was that just, he compared, you know, two groups of people, one group of people didn't do any writing another group of people, they wrote every day for, I think it was just four days. And it was just like 20 minutes, four days in a row. And they had significant health improvements and significantly like better health, even months after doing this really, really short experiment. And I might be getting the details of that wrong. Allie can correct us, or you can look it up in her book. Um, (laughs) but okay. There is scientific evidence to show that even doing a little bit of writing, just journaling, just journaling Mm -hmm. your thoughts, has tremendous benefits on your mood, on your physical health and well-being. And that's pretty cool. That is, you know, a, a big score for you should be writing in in some capacity, whether it's journaling or blogging or writing a book or whatever. I will say that a book, a book does take some learning, right? Like there is some 
skill involved. Like there are some parameters to what makes a book that Mm -hmm. not everyone knows and that doesn't necessarily come easily. So I think if you want to sit down and write, you know, stream of consciousness and write 60,000 words and call it a book, that's great. Do that. (laughs) Write your life story. Um, because it's going to be good for you. It's going to help you process things. You're going to see things and discover things about yourself and your experiences that you never knew. Um, and you're going to learn more about yourself just from the fact of doing it. Right. Like, so we, I, you know, self-efficacy, one of my favorite things, um, you build your self-efficacy when you do something hard, like writing 60,000 words and, I would not want anyone to deprive themselves of the immense pride that you get from accomplishing something like that. I think it's an amazing accomplishment, whether it is a book or not, or if it's just a document full of writing that is meaningful to you. Amazing. Um, so that's, that's where I would, I would land there. What do you think about that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. So, I mean, it, it it's clear that we, the, where we're going to diverge here from is a little on the publishing part. Yes. So, so the next question is, should you publish that book? Yes. Now I come down more on the yes side and you come down more on the, like, it really depends leaning yeah. towards no side. Um, so let me offer all of my caveats and, um, disclaimers or whatever. Um, but basically, yeah, I feel a little bit more open now. Of course, traditional publishing has all of the rules and normal, um, hurdles that you have to jump through gatekeeping, if you want to call it that, that I think is on the whole, beneficial and worthwhile if you want a traditional publish there's kind of a whole machine behind that you have to make sure that your book is quote good or you've got a platform you've got a way to sell it there are a lot more things that go in i do not think that traditional publishing should open up its gates to anybody i think it should probably open up its gates to more traditionally marginalized communities but other than that i think it's more or less the rules it's got in place are fine but because of the age we live in any old person can pretty much upload a book with some cover art and bound in some way and officially publish it in a self-published or hybrid um, manner. Um, To learn more about that, buy the Hunger Authors book coming out from Roman and Littlefield in August 2024. (laughs) Um, So I guess Here's a point that I take that I think you've made, and I think our friend Jeff Goins has made as well, that um, the more we just publish books for the sake of publishing them, I guess, or wanting to publish them, the more we do clutter up the landscape. Mm -hmm. Um, So I get that. Mm -hmm. I also just tend to think that this um, culture of publishing that we find ourselves in that is more democratized um, is on the whole really good. Mm-hmm. And I like that anyone can publish a book. I like that. Um, yeah. Will it lead to potentially more quote bad books that don't fit the standards that you and I mm-hmm. write by and that most, um, publishers would, um, look for. Yeah. 
Sure. I don't want people to write bad books. We encourage all the time around here, paying for professional help, you know, go mapping it out, running your idea through a checklist, like putting it through the editorial ringer, no matter how you're going to publish it. Um, but, and let me tell you what brought me here a little bit. This is sort of what sparked the conversation with Ariel and I is, um, I am finishing up a proposal, um, that, um, has to do with um mattering like i i can't say the whole thing because i just can't ndas and stuff but basically it, it this proposal led me to um do some research on what it means to matter like there is a whole study in like psychology of what makes people feel like they matter what makes people feel like different things matter and it was just really interesting and kind of compelling and it moved me to think again to lean more on on our towards our friend Allie Fallon's side of things which I think she would probably fall in the like your story matters your story is worth sharing um it's worth writing and if you are so motivated I think it's worth putting out into the world will it be acclaimed or quote sell well and make you a lot of money if you don't do what you know ariel and i usually recommend that you do and take the time and learn how to actually write a book no it probably won't but who's to say that that matters like maybe to you um or to the few people that come across it um it matters a lot and maybe that's just fine i i mean there's there's a lot in there that i do agree with and i think i, I guess the um you know, for me, the, the question that I keep asking is like, but what value does it add to the world? And for me, like I have, I have had my life changed by so many books, so many incredible books. And I read constantly. And there are so many books that add tremendous value to my life and to many other people's lives. And there are books that maybe I felt like weren't valuable to me that are valuable to others. And so those books are still worth publishing and I think even, you know, if a book adds value to your family, like um, our friend Meredith has told this story on her podcast about how she was in line at Staples to use the printer. And there was an elderly gentleman in front of her who was printing off his mother's uh, diaries. And he was kind of getting those replicated to hold on to them and do something with them. And essentially he had like a, a bound book of her diaries. And that is of tremendous value. And that is publishing, you know, that is a legitimate form of publishing and it adds value to his family. And that's totally worth it. I do think, however, there are some books that are embarked upon without the, uh, you know, the purpose of trying to actually make the world a better place. Um, and I'll, I, without calling anybody out, um, I was pitched a book project recently, for an influencer. And this person, you know, I, I took a look at their website and everything, and I'm trying to decide, do I want to ghostwrite this book? And what I saw on their website was a lot of just really basic stuff. And the book was pitched as more of this. And it was all stuff that people could find for free online. And so I'm looking at this and trying to decide, is this book going to be worth my time, first of all? But more so, like, is it a book that people need? And I felt a little bit of an ethical, like, 
ickiness of the idea of putting a book out into the world that was going to be full of information that people could find for free online. And so I was like, but why would people like, why would I want people to pay, you know, 25 to $30 to get this information that they could find easily for free somewhere else? And I mean, you could make that argument about a lot of books. Probably there's a lot of books that have stuff available for available for free. And part of the value of a book is that you're giving it to them kind of in a different format. Maybe it's easier for them to read. It's all compiled together. There's a curation component. So you can make this argument of value in a lot of different ways. And I would probably be okay with those things. Um, but I do think that there's just, there's a lot of books where the intention is just ego or it's just like, you know, it's just wanting another form of revenue for that person. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but I don't know that it adds value to the world. Like I'm, I am really invested in, I want to work on books that significantly improve people's lives. And I don't know that every book can say that. I think most books probably can. There's probably, you know, value that someone somewhere finds in most books. <laughs> and so that's great. But, you know, I do think that there are more books published that probably on the whole, like, don't make much of a positive difference. And like you said, because there's so many books out there now, the ones that are published kind of without good intentions or just, you know, are adding like noise to everything. Those books are drowning out the really wonderful, valuable books that could be taking off more if there was less noise out there. So I look at it like, you know, really serious authors who have incredible things to say are hurting and their chances of success are diminished a little bit by the books that don't add real value to the world. And I mean, it's, it's hard to say. And I would, I probably would never tell an author like, Hey, your book doesn't add value to the world. Therefore you shouldn't publish it. The, the approach that I would take is more like, Hey, let's make sure that your book adds something really new and interesting and, and valuable and let's make sure that whatever you have to offer, it is going to be different from what people can just find out there on their own. And that would be easy for them. Like we use the, um, or I, I like to use, uh, the analogy of like, you know, if, if my life problems were easy to solve, like if I want a new toothbrush, I'm just going to run to Walmart and buy a new toothbrush. Right. So like, if it's, if it's an easy problem for me to solve, I'm just going to look it up and I'm just going to solve it. But right. a book should offer something a little bit more complex, I think, and should have some validity to it that makes it really worthwhile. And even fiction, like I think, you know, fiction, it's actually easier to say that all fiction adds value, yeah. I think, um, because stories are always going to add value. Like stories are just the the food of our lives, like stories are incredible. And so I actually think it's a lot easier for fiction authors to say, yeah, my book is going to add value because my stories do matter. Um, I think it's nonfiction where there's actually a little bit of a higher 
bar, I think that's, that's my two cents. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree with, I, I think I agree with most of that. Um, and I certainly personally agree, like I'm aligned with you. Those are the kinds of books I want to work on, Yeah. but do I think that that person has a right to publish them or should, mm-hmm. I mean, why not? There are plenty, you and I know we're not going to call out names, but you and I know there are plenty of really big people who have big platforms mm-hmm. who it's easy to be critical of and be like, they're just saying the same old things. How in the world did they get this popular? But lots and lots and lots of people are listening to them. You know, yeah. I don't get it, but like some people do. And I don't know, I'm just becoming, I guess I'm becoming less judgmental or cynical Mm. and now I do agree like I would agree about yeah well first of course my own personal preference is to work on books that will make a difference you know I decline people whose idea I don't think actually is sound yet or will you know go the distance I guess Um, and I do also think that traditional publishers any kind of um, you know established publisher that's going to be an unequal partner and what the author's trying to accomplish should put more effort into finding people who have interesting things to say um, and have done all of that amazing work that it takes to get a book to a certain place and not just pick people who are rehashing things or have a big platform or something like that. I totally agree with that. Um, I do wish that, you know, publishers put more, put a higher premium on ideas than they do on, other things sometimes and some do but in general um but like the lay person who yeah I mean I and I guess like memoir would go more in the category of like novels you know because I think what Allie what Allie means when she talks about and a lot of times what I have on my mind is usually people who want to tell their story yes their story matter can I you know is it worth telling my story um and you know and to that I think we would say yes. And if that looks like publishing it, you know, on your own somehow, like, yes, of course, you're going to have to have um, realistic goals about how well that book is going to do in the world. But is it, quote, worth it? Does it matter? Yeah, definitely. And will some people be moved by it? And will it find an audience no matter how tiny? It very well might, you know. Um, So, yeah. I mean, I think like all caveats and disclaimers and nuances like considered were basically saying the same things. Um, I, uh, I'm just, I guess I've come, I'm just, you know, my world is opening up. I'm becoming such a less um, judgmental person. And I think (laughs) I've already, I've always had a little bit less, maybe it's because I don't know if it's our personalities or if it's because you like have come from, uh, you know, like the inside. Um, but I feel like you have always had a little bit more of, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it doesn't bother me as much. Um, if like, 
you know, an influencer wants to like publish their book about what they talk about on podcasts. Right. I'm like, sure, fine. I'll take your money. You've got like, a lot of people are <laughs> listening. Let's do it. You know, um, right, right. that doesn't, that just has never bothered me as much. Maybe you're, maybe you're more of like a true, a truest, you're purer <laughs> of heart than I am. I'm like, like <laughs> if you got the money, um, no, I'm just, yeah. um, I, but I think I that is my much- idealism coming yes, through idea. for sure. Like yeah. I, I definitely, you know, going back to the Enneagram, I've got that strong one wing that's like, mm-hmm. but is it right? And you know, there's right. that voice in my head. That's always like, but, but who, who is this going to help? You know? And yes. there, I just, it's really hard for me to turn off that filter, yes. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, okay. you're right there. It is valid too, for someone to be like, Hey, I want to make more money. And you know, that's a good motivation yeah. for doing things sometimes. Right. And, and if they, the, the way that they want to make more money is in the form of a book, you know, that, that happens. But I, yeah. I do think that there is a responsibility. If you are going to embark on a book, I do think you have a responsibility to readers to offer them yeah. something of value that is going to make their lives better. Like I, like we said, there, there is plenty of room for competition. I mean, you could make an argument that the world didn't need another book on writing because there are so many already. However, people probably even told us that Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Some people did tell us that, (laughs) but we do, we think offer something really different and valuable that we did not see. And I mean, we've read dozens of writing books and we did not see answers to the questions that we get asked by a lot of our clients. And so we were like, you know what, there is a gap here that we can fill. And I think that's, again, that's the bar that people need to be, to be setting for themselves and asking them, especially for those prescriptive nonfiction authors. Yeah. And, and that's where I, I think I do see a lot of prescriptive nonfiction authors come to me and they think that they have something totally original and new And I have to send them 10 other books that do the exact same thing and be like, cool. Yeah. How is your book going to be different from these ones? Because these ones already do that. It's not that your book doesn't matter. It's not that this idea is bad. It's that it still needs to offer something different. I think. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, yeah. When it comes to prescriptive nonfiction. Um, Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that comes back to, yeah, your idea and how much time you have to put in up front. There's, um, yeah, we hear a lot of, of people, um, yeah, who have ideas and they might even be good ideas. They just Mm -hmm. aren't especially new or different. And if you're going to, seek traditional publishing, but here's the thing. Okay. So not to like take us down another rabbit hole, but I would say to that person, like, if, okay, if you're going to seek out traditional publish, two things, if you want to do traditional publishing and, or you want to sell for hybrid profit publish, but you want your book to like make a splash, you're going to do something big around it. You're doing a big push. You're going to be, you know, you're the, the goal, your one of your goals is um, selling a lot, mm-hmm. then yes, positioning and making sure that you're filling a gap, um, is really important. But if you want to say the same thing that's been said a lot, you just really want to say it because I don't know, or care. You just want to say it the way you want to say it. Um, 
I would say, okay, good for you. Who am I to stop you from saying that? Just, I would not recommend you traditionally publish. And I don't, and, and if you sell for hybrid publish, I think that's fantastic. But know that like, when you talk about it and market it and pitch yourself, they're going to wonder what your angle is. And if you don't really have one, right. Um, you know, you're, you're probably not going to sell a lot and it's not going to be a perennial seller or whatever, as, um, Ryan holiday likes to say. And so, and that's fine. Like maybe your goals are not to do that. You know, like maybe, maybe your goal is just to do it. We agree. If you want to write a book, write a book, it's going to be good for you. If nothing else you are going to get, and probably this is true of most books, but the, probably the person who benefits the most is the author because you learn so much. You can be proud of yourself for accomplishing a hard thing. Uh, and scientifically you will be a healthier person for having written your book. Yes. Should you publish your book? Probably yes. As long as you're asking yourself these questions of, and if it's, if it's your story, like we said, if it's your fiction story, if it's your life story, then go for it, you know, but that's one of the most healing kinds of writing you can do. That's right. Yes. If you're writing prescriptive nonfiction, where you're saying, I want to teach someone something, I want to pass on this wisdom that I've learned, then there's, you know, some questions to ask yourself around like, is this really something that is going to improve people's lives? Is it going to be valuable to them? Am I saying something that has already been said a thousand times? Or am I saying something that, you know, is really new and different and unique? So I think those are the questions to ask yourself. And this is a good, you know, preview of next season because next season uh, we're going to be back in January And we're going to be starting off the season by diving back into book mapping because it has been a little while since we talked about book mapping. We have uh, some exciting guests lined up already for season three, and they're going to be talking through their book mapping processes, what that looked like for them, because we still get so many questions about this. And this is what, you know, really led us to doing this podcast was we wanted to talk more about book mapping. We talk about a lot of different things, but book mapping is one of those ways that you can find your new and unique and novel idea and figure out your unique contribution to the world. And it's our unique contribution to the world. That's right. (laughs) You know, like this is the thing we feel like, especially with nonfiction books is consistently overlooked. Um, It's the thing that you can almost identify immediately in a book if so, if somebody has a, worked on a manuscript you can tell right away if they've mapped it out or if they you know know what they're doing structure wise um this is just a huge um yeah missing piece of the nonfiction <clears throat> market out there and mm-hmm. we want to spread the word because it's amazing it's the secret sauce it makes you look like a pro and if you want to be a professional writer i mean maybe you just want to write your own book and that's fantastic but if you have bigger goals around being a writer and you know how to help someone develop a big idea and map it out you can write just about anything you really can you can go make a career out of it if you know how to do this so we're pretty hyped up on mapping right now so that's what we're doing in january i can't wait Have a wonderful holiday season, everyone, and we will be back in January. Bye. Thanks for being part of the Hungry Authors community. If you like this episode, could you do us a huge favor? 
head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We would so appreciate it. You can also follow us on Instagram at hungryauthors or hungryauthors.com, our website, to get more information about our masterclasses and upcoming episodes. Remember that you have a story and a message worth publishing. And if you've got the hunger, you can make it happen. Thank you.